Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Everybody and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And we're talking about a very spooky movie. I haven't seen this movie <laughs> since it came out, girl. Like since theater experience. Same. I have not seen the film of discussion today, Lights Out, since theaters. I've only sat down and watched it one time all the way through and you know it in rewatching it it was everything i remember um so maybe that's why i never went back and watched it again but it was really interesting to see it all play out on screen again yeah she's still spooky i don't know uh you don't think so oh no definitely oh i was like "Mm." (laughs) no girl i was so i mean me and stormy watched it together and i was drama 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 the whole time screaming so i was sweating the entire time but uh how are you oh i'm doing great we just hopped right in (laughs) we said we have business to attend to uh i'm great you know stress as ever getting through life the best way that i can um but you know beyond that feeling pretty good i'm excited to finally well once my sister comes and visits because she's coming to visit uh, I'm like so ready to crack into the new season of Stranger Things. We're waiting to watch it together. So it's been a really tough, like, you know, I don't know, traveling through the battlefield that is Twitter with Stranger Things already being out for, <laughs> I don't even know where we are at this point, at least a couple weeks now. And so I was just like, girl, like I am all about waiting for my sister to be here, but it's been so hard to like traverse the internet and like just see spoilers everywhere. Girl. But I'm doing great. How are you doing, Queen? Um, I'm here. I'm vibing. I think by the time this episode's out, I'm on vacation. So fingers crossed. She's in the um, Eiffel Tower with uh, Mickey Mouse and Goofy Red as we speak. I'm gobbling Goofy's dick right now. Um, oh, my God. Just... He's chucking all over the park right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I'm going 
I'm going to Disney if nobody caught on to whatever the fuck that was. So we're obviously recording like all out of order and ahead of schedule. So we're all over the place. Um, But I do think we talked about your Disney trip. I don't know if it was even this month. Yeah, I don't know if it was one of the episodes we recorded for this month or if we mentioned it last month. But I remember having a discussion at some point about it. See, this is the only thing that recording out of order will do for me. Is like I time is irrelevant. I don't remember anything. Even when I'm editing, it's in one ear out the other, and I'm just zooming and clicking and clipping. And I'm like, once we stop talking, I'm just like, I forget everything. So, but I know we talked about it at some point. So everybody, y'all fucking if anybody is in florida listening never mind never mind i was gonna say go fight story but let me not sick people on you yeah never mind um i mean if you see me i do do plan on wearing the slasher merch um if anybody stops you in disney world it's like hey i listen to slasher imagine i would fucking sob i would cry i would cry for you i'd be like you have to marry me now sorry (laughs) <laughs> I would probably just be like minding my own business at my day job or something and all of a sudden I would just feel my heart explode and I would just start feeling tears streaming down my face and I'm like what's happening and then Stormy will text me right afterwards I'm like somebody saw me in person <laughs> and said that they listen and I'm like oh, that's what it was our connection oh another thing about like people recognizing something in that caliber um we hit 20,000 downloads we did. Um, I don't know. I can't type. I'm not quite sure. I think we hit it. Um, pretty sure when we first came back. I mean, I we haven't after, addressed it. So we haven't. We really haven't. But I'm pretty sure it was after like our. I don't know if it was the Texas Chainsaw episode of the Nightmare on Elm Street Devil feature. Uh, but after one of those episodes, we hit twenty thousand, and we're still steadily, you know going past that so that's fantastic thank you guys so much for listening also i read through our reviews and thank you guys for leaving reviews if you haven't please go leave us one um (laughs) i'm pulling up the reviews right now and what i'm going to do is i'm gonna read my favorite one on the air oh my god is it the one i sent you (laughs) i'm gonna read i'm gonna read my favorite well that's rude because they're all my favorite right i'm gonna read one that's really can i read the one that i sent you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah, and I was like, and I also want to read one that's like not nice, but okay. let me get everything pulled up. Not to be cocky, but we only have like one or two one star reviews, and I know for a fact one of them is Shannon. So what's up, bitch? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's another one. He's uh, this person. I don't know his their pronouns, so I will use they for now. Um, and I'm not going to use their name, but it's already on the fucking internet. But literally, it's a two-star. No, use their name. They put right. it out there for public uh, consumption. Matt Thurston, sup, bitch, who hurt you? <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. You're, You're not a bitch, but like really, for- who hurt you? <laughs> what are you thirsting for? But <laughs> the review is, discuss the films more. That's it. That's the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> and like I giggled so fucking hard when I said that and or when I saw that and I was like, you know what? You're right. But <laughs> but like I don't know how many times since we've started this podcast we have to like remind people. It's delusional. Like we're just two friends chilling, bro. Like I don't know what to tell you. We are the most casual of viewers. 
like I don't know what you want from us. You know, I'm not going to sit here and break down the scene, you know, object by object, word that is spoken by word that is spoken. I'm just not going to do that because my brain does not function like that. And if I'm thinking about, I don't know, gobbling eight dicks while we're talking about some random scene in the movie, then I'm going to be like, hey, can we put a pin in this and talk about eating dicks for a few minutes? And that's just how it's going to go. And it's my podcast. I can do that, you know? Right. And also, within the, what a waste of a last name. Because if my <laughs> last name was Thurston, I would be like, I would use that in every fucking pun, you know? Be like, I do be Thurston. I, <laughs> you know I mean, me it's kind of a cool name. Thurston's. You know what, Matt? But Thurston, thank you I, I, for being I love honest. You. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate the honesty. Right. And you know what? That's fine. If you're still here and you're still listening, then we imagine. Won. I'm sorry. <laughs> We won in the end, but thank you for your review. I really appreciate it. We really do. Um, <laughs> Even if you hate us, just go leave us a review. <laughs> honestly, our reviews actually, since we've come back, we've gotten like a handful of reviews since then. So thank you everybody who has gone and like left a review since we've come back. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, cause coming back, I mean, let's be real. I was scared. I was really scared after taking like, Oh yeah. I hiatus. thought we would. I was so scared we would just flop and nobody would ever listen to us again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just like, anytime we get anything, I'm like all about it. Um, all Everybody seems to really like our discussion on what is it? The Dark and the Wicked? I don't even yeah, I way, don't know way, why. The way I'm not even remembering the film's name, but that is a most downloaded episode. <laughs> um, so I'm Maybe she like, was just timely. I don't know. Who knows? But I, just, I mean, we appreciate it again. Like, you guys have been great, and since we've come back, you guys have been really great, and yeah, we just appreciate it. So, and you know, to every little Matt Thurston out there, I also love you and send you, you know, have the day you deserve, and also yeah, leave you, us a review. <laughs> yeah, um, we should do that sometime. I would love to just sit here and read through some reviews. Um, but I don't. I guess I don't want to, you know, put people on blast like that. Um, one day, I don't know, maybe we'll do like a Patreon exclusive or something. I would love to do like, I think we had this discussion before, but like where we would have people send in like their own like spooky stories and like their own personal mm -hmm. experiences. I would still love to, I mean, interact obviously with the listeners a lot more, but I mean, if anybody's interested in doing that, I mean, I would love it. We, when we have an email box, so if you're ever interested in like sending us your stories, I mean, maybe we will if we can get enough compiled together, do like a special bonus episode for Patreon or something along those lines where we can discuss that kind of stuff. So, I mean, keep reviewing, keep interacting with us also because we appreciate it. And yeah, if you have any spooky ghost stories or experiences, feel free to email them to us. Cause again, if we can compile enough to make a compelling discussion, I would love to do like a bonus episode at some point. So that sounds so fun. So also fun. come join us on Patreon. We now have it set up. She's, quirky she's fun we get two bonus episodes if you get our seven dollar tier uh if you want to hear us ramble about more bullshit uh, we're a little bit more open on patreon honestly so i mean and that's hard to believe i feel like but uh... <laughs> so but maybe that's why people aren't <laughs> they're just like you know what we i don't know if i want to know that <laughs> <laughs> uh i will say like full tea our Patreon discussions thus far, at least the few that we've done, are, like are some of my favorite discussions that we've done thus far. Uh, like we really go in there with no notes. Um, 
just thoughts, just vibes. Um, you know, <laughs> we empty, are... no thoughts, just vibes. <laughs> but it's fun. I, like our ex episode is probably one of my favorites. My Freddy versus Jason or uh, our Freddy versus Jason episode is one of my favorites also. Like they're both just so fun. And so if you guys haven't had the chance of listening to them, we did throw up a preview for the X episode, at least the first 10 minutes. But again, that's only a preview of it. And again, they're just so much fun. And we are so wild on Patreon, y'all. Like, I really, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, we don't, it's not a public spot there. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're just hanging out with a few people. So like, we, we're crazy. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, check it out if you guys are ever interested because uh, I mean, our goal at this point is just to interact with you guys as much as we can. So, absolutely. Thanks for sticking with us for twenty thousand downloads. We love you so much. Yes, we love you guys so much, and uh, I feel like we should have done something to celebrate, right? But my brain was just somewhere else. Maybe once we hit twenty five k, we can do like some type of special something or another. Twenty five shots. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh. I mean, hey. There's we'll a time to die. Out. Maybe it's now. Uh, we, I've been trying for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 25 shots will probably kill me. We could split it. Okay. That's, yeah, that's not, not that many, right? 25, half of 25 is like, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it's oh, wow. That's exactly how much My it is. eyes are really big right now. Um, <laughs> um, sure. I failed math every year after fifth grade so oh my god i it's also 12.5 a c in every class and that's honestly just because teachers were nice enough to give me a c but i had a c pretty much almost in every math class maybe like a b here and there but the mm, only class i no. got an a in probably passed i don't know for math at least past like sixth grade was probably geometry i did really well in geometry for some reason girl as soon as we put the alphabet in math i was out <sighs> Girl, I did advanced calculus my senior Girl, year. Girl, what? I'm not advanced. I'm so sorry. That is crazy. <laughs> I was like, Mister, I only have C's in class. I did advanced calculus. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I am so sorry. It was like, uh, like pre-calc or something. Is that the word for it? Pre-calc, probably the precursor to like, calculus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I did that, and it was so difficult. And you know what? I'll be honest. It was a lot of cheating to get where I am today. So I'm just happy I was able to get out of it alive because math is probably the stupidest thing I've ever math, had to do in my life. Math and science escape my brain. Like it's outside my realm of comprehension. I just, I'm not smart in math and science. I mean, I'm not smart in general, but you know. Okay. Well, first off, that's a lie. You're very intelligent. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let's not let's not let's Feed not my ever ego say this that. Gemini season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, math and science are also probably the two toughest classes for me or uh subjects for me. I remember sure. in college, the first science class I had, I only had to have one science credit, I think. What? And the first class that I had, I dropped like after a few weeks. <laughs> you said no. Yeah, it was awful. And then I went and did something super easy. I don't even remember, but um, should we talk about this movie? <laughs> Probably. Um, okay. Talk about the movies more. That's it. That's oh, yeah, you're right. This is what Mr. Thurston was upset about. <laughs> um, Listen, <laughs> I will talk to my friend if I want to. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll be right back and we'll be talking about Lights Out. 
Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back, and this week we are discussing the 2016 film Lights Out, originally released on July 22nd, 2016. The film was made on an estimated budget of around $4.9 million. It would then go on to have an opening weekend of $21 million estimated, and then would see a worldwide gross of around $148 million. With a runtime of one hour and 21 minutes, the film was directed by David F. Sandberg. And we have a very slim cast. I feel like we don't have a super large cast this go around. We have Teresa Palmer as Rebecca, Gabriel Bateman as Martin, Maria Bello as Sophie, Billy Burke as Paul, Alexander Desperia as Brett, Andy Osho as Emma, and Alicia Vela Bailey as Diana. So, lights out. Rebecca must unlock the terror behind her little brother's experiences that once tested her own sanity, bringing her face to face with a supernatural spirit attached to her mother. So, lights out, 2016. I first and foremost, thank you so much for bringing this to the podcast this month because, again, I haven't seen this since theaters, and it was something that I remember being really really scared about or uh being like really really affected by and really really scared by but i also remember being kind of disappointed with it and like those thoughts like they they, i I mean again like it was so long ago like 2016 is when i saw this so i didn't remember any of the reasonings as to why i felt that way with any of it you know what i'm saying so it was nice to sit down and like see it all again i feel that um Whenever this movie tried to play after Friend Request, which we just covered (laughs) on Hulu, um, I just knew it was Destiny. But I was thinking back, one of our friends, I believe it was Ree, had a prompt for us earlier in the year about like, what movies have you only seen once and you've you've been like too scared to go back to? And this is like one of the ones that I thought of. And after the whole experience of like us going back and watching 13 ghosts and me realizing that I was being ridiculous by being terrified by it. I was just like, you know what? Let's bring this one to bat, especially for my birthday. Cause I just feel like that's the right time. I mean, so how was it coming back to it this time around? Is it like as scary as you remember it being? Um, for me? Yes. I am almost 30 years old and I am absolutely terrified of the dark. <laughs> big mood and like it extra sucks like being a parent <laughs> because like my kids also afraid of the dark and like I'm supposed to be the big strong person like taking care of her and I'm like bitch I don't want to be in the dark either the fuck um we're so both for recording me, in pitch black right now by the way <laughs> I know the only light in this fucking room is my mic and then the movie playing in the background um, but I, <laughs> I do have my emotional support weenie so that's that's fine. But um 
my kitchen light is in the background. You just can't see that. But like pitch black? No, thank you. No, ma'am. Never. Never will I ever like willingly be in that situation. Um, so for me, yes, it was still very scary. I am a little bit more in tune with the bad light that it puts towards mental health um, in general now that I'm older. Um, but yeah, I still really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so I would say before you watch this movie, if you haven't seen it before, I mean, I think the entire film really is like one big TW, like one big trigger warning for anybody who does suffer from depression um, or mental illness uh, that's relative to depression. Because the movie itself is like so solely focused on this supernatural demonic type entity, X-Men being super powered, <laughs> carry the shining nonsense, like the, whatever this spiritual thing that Diana is mm -hmm. like it is manifested and exists because of who our main character what's her name already oh lord Sophie Rebecca um, oh I was like the mom's name is Sophie oh yeah the mom is Sophie <laughs> but our main character is Rebecca so I was like I it's Rebecca's you. mom but yeah so Diana only exists off of Sophie who's the mother in the film when she's in her like what they say is like her like her darkest self kind of thing like when she's really depressed when she's really low when she's not taking her medication and then that's when diana is able to become reality so right. i i it, it's kind of tough because like it this is the story that's being told to us the entire time that we're being told that this woman's at her low point and you know if she takes her medication she can be strong enough to get rid of this evil monster that's a honestly hurting everybody around her which it seems very uh again like i can definitely see how this could be triggering to people um and then big spoiler warning just to i mean again we're all over the place constantly and then the only way it, she's able to overcome it is by killing herself in the end so yeah. it just which we see like in broad daylight so trigger be aware yeah we get nothing else really we get like a few glimpses of some like eyeball sockets maybe and like one or two shots of diana looking creepy but like that's the only like, vi Gorn. like visual death that yeah. we see on screen is her killing herself and so i think again yeah there's a big trigger warning going into this movie and after watching it and seeing it end like that i now remember why i was kind of annoyed by it because we're seeing this movie the entire time and we see obviously um, how things are going and how it's all being played out and how, you know, Rebecca and her younger brother and Rebecca's boyfriend too, like they're doing what they can to try to help Sophie through this. But the only way again that it ends is by her killing herself. So that's probably why I never came back to this movie. If I'm being quite honest, I probably was kind of like really affected by it back in the day, which is probably why I have like a lot of fuzzy like memories around it because it's just kind of like an upsetting ending. But also, again, film and art and everything is up for interpretation. I, you know, I didn't do the research. I don't know if the director or, or the writer, if they were, you know, coming from personal experience and trying to tell a story and kind of showing uh, the potential horrors in, you know, the scary side of mental illness, which, I mean, that could be a fair discussion to be had. I just don't know if this movie was the best way of going about it. But I will say... 
this bitch is fun and this bitch is scary and this bitch is obviously based off of the very famous uh the very well-known very viral horror short that i mean it's pretty much like the opening scene <laughs> like that happens right. in a short online so the scares and everything that happened in this movie like works so well like it's generally very scary oh yeah girl um i my brain does this to me anyways girl like i'm always convinced there's somebody standing in my shower <laughs> or that there's somebody there and i turn the line they're not there because like that's how like brains work and i'm like okay well i guess i'm just never going to be able to turn off the lights ever and that's how i've lived my life <laughs> as an adult <laughs> don't turn off the lights bitch um yeah, because, like, even as, like, just average human beings, like, if we are looking into a dark space and we see something that, like, remotely looks like the form of a person, your brain will intuitively try and fill in the blanks and make it look more and more like a person because it's like, oh, I recognize that general shape as a human, so obviously it's a human, and that's how our brains are wired which is so terrifying for like horror movies to pick up on that and use that against us. <laughs> but i kind of like that aspect of it and i was kind of hoping uh like throughout the movie that at some point we would take a switch and maybe sophie would just be like some type of vessel or conduit for like this evil spirit and that we can kind of take the tension off of it being a result of her depression uh, right like I was hoping for that because to me that's really scary because like you said like when we're at least me and you and probably I mean a good handful of people but we're speaking for ourselves like when I'm in the dark like you said I visualize things all the time like I will see things in the corner I'm constantly afraid of the dark I I've said it on this podcast probably a million times I check underneath my bed every night before I lay down and there's times honestly if I'm feeling really fucking stressed out that night i will check the closet like i will make sure that these places that scared me as a child are still clear now before i go to bed mm -hmm. so it's really scary to think about you know the potential of your mind creating a type of monster that haunts you only in the dark like that's really scary to think about mm -hmm. that's why i sleep with the lights on no <laughs> <laughs> uh and this movie is pretty she you know what she's pretty she's pretty punchy she's only an hour and 20 minutes so like we really don't waste any time the movie starts obviously with sophie's husband he is working in this big warehouse uh we really learn nothing about him but he's here uh he's working late he's talking on the phone of course to his it's a stepson oh no, no it's his actual son right i'm pretty sure i don't right. know if they really like discern who's who there i believe um, the i believe the son is his blood child and the older Rebecca's one is his stepdaughter. Correct. Okay. So, yeah. So, he's talking to his son, obviously, through Skype or something. And, you know, his son's very concerned. The little boy's name is... Is it Martin? Yes. Okay. So, Martin, obviously, is, like, concerned for his mom. So, at this point, we know something's wrong with Sophie. Uh, the father's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll, you know, I promise we're going to get her better, pretty much. Uh, so he's in this warehouse. He's here with this other lady who's his assistant or something. The first big uh, sequence that we get in this movie is like fucking five minutes into it when this lady is walking around the warehouse taking inventory or something. And then this is when we start to see in the dark the 
very tall, very lanky, very Slenderman-esque body of Diana hiding in the shadows. And it's fucking scary. Oh, yeah. this The first, like, five to ten minutes are what I remember of the movie. Like, when I think of that movie, I think of the, those scenes. Um, like, especially when... Um, Martin, not Martin, sorry. The dad ends up like confronting her with the circular lights like pointing on the floor and she gets closer and closer every time. Um, Whenever her, he looks at her little toesies and they're just like twinkle toed right up to the edge of the light. I don't know why, but that gives me goosebumps. I don't like it. That's like your first confirmation that like she can only exist in the dark and... She's still here to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think the first, uh, well, this whole opening moment of the film, I think is probably the best part of the movie, obviously. Because, um, I mean, the scares work throughout the rest of the movie perfectly fine. But the first time that you see this flashing light and on and off and on and off scare, the first time that you see it, it's going to be the most effective for sure. So right. when this assistant lady, whoever the hell she is, is turning off the lights and then we see Diana in the doorway, then she turns on the light, she's gone. She turns off the light, she's there. She turns it on, she's gone. Turns it off, she's there. Turns it on, she's gone. And then by the time she turns it off again, like the fourth time, I think, Diana obviously is like in the middle. She's much closer now. And I screamed. Like I legitimately let out a yell because it scared me so much. Um and yeah that lady she gets out though right she lives right where does she yeah no she straight up is like peace out i'm done for tonight (laughs) but sophie's husband does bite the bullet here diana chases him through the warehouse and she snatches him up and kills him so which we don't get to see we do see his body afterwards but we don't exactly know what he she does to them um he's just like dumped on the ground and he has no eyeballs <laughs> it, it looks pretty creepy so yeah uh but from there we are then immediately introduced to becca who's our main character she is very independent you know she does her own thing she's been sleeping with i don't even know if she considers him her boyfriend but he considers himself himself her boyfriend for uh, eight months, this- they've been exclusive, and he can't even leave a sock at her apartment. Uh, oh, so, I mean, is that a big deal to you, do you think? Leaving stuff at the house? Oh, I mean, if you were exclusive with somebody for eight months, and I mean, I guess that's like such a loose term. Like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what the parameters of the relationship are or what they've agreed You're to. only sexually active with this one person is my assumption. Right. So, like, does having a drawer at somebody's house matter? much maybe Um, in my little hopeless romantic heart it i've had somebody offer to like give me a drawer at their place like one time and sadly it wasn't even my husband my ex-husband but um i've had them offer once and like i remember that being like a big thing being like oh my god like they're gonna make space for me in their space and that means a lot like to have a reason to exist, not have a reason, like to have a special space within their space. I feel like that's important, but I also don't, I don't think I would like put like a timeline on it, but she doesn't even want him to stay the night at like eight months in. And that's, that's pushing it a little bit. 
But she, <laughs> we learn that she's super traumatized by <laughs> her fucking existence. So that's probably why. Do you feel like um, you would be in the same situation? Like, would you cut yourself off from family if this was like the environment that you grew up in? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so she uh, obviously dealt with Diana growing up. Uh, she, We learned that her father, what is uh, first told to us, ran away when she was 10, which mm. then put her mother in a depressive state, which then allowed for the manifestation of Diana. Um, and so she was then, you know, uh, scared and, uh, you know, and terrified by Diana throughout her childhood. Up into the point where she just had no choice but to leave her family. And obviously, like, in this time frame, you know, she's still, uh, Sophie's able to find her husband and get married and have another kid. And maybe through all that process and her trying to better herself, maybe there's some resentment from Rebecca as her mom is, like, you know, focusing on a new life and getting past what happened with her uh, with Rebecca's father. And maybe that's why they have, like, a lot of tension and there's... Well... Oh, go ahead. And I really wonder if like that resentment and that energy that Becca brings like uh, in her like teenage years in her young adolescence, I wonder if that's kind of just like feeding the energy that is Diana. And then she kind of dipped for a little while whenever Becca ran away because that's like she's missing a lot of that energy and doesn't come back until Martin somehow <laughs> i think it does uh definitely feed into uh, the energy that is diana because with her acting out or like being distant that probably makes her mom very sad yeah and that obviously allows for diana then to still continue to be around uh i don't know and there because the it feels like they go ahead oh no yeah go ahead because it feels like they kind of feed us the narrative that Martin really hasn't dealt with Diana up until this point and that Diana is coming back into their lives because of what happened to Martin's father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we do get some indication that Sophie was acting a little strange before he died. So I don't know what Sophie, what initially maybe triggered this depressive episode. I don't know if it was maybe... Rebecca cutting her off like they really don't yeah. give us an idea as to when Rebecca cut her off and stopped talking to her yeah it just feels like this is Martin's first time dealing with Diana personally so yeah definitely his first time dealing with her hands-on face-to-face so <laughs> right. I don't know what the trigger was but I mean again we see from the beginning that there was already something going on and we learned a little bit later on that Sophie's husband, before he was killed at the beginning, was doing research and on Diana and finding all these files and all this paperwork on her from her adolescence because Rebecca's able to find those files. So obviously he knew something was going on. Um, it's probably honestly because anytime that Sophie does have any type of low point, then there's probably spooky things that happen because that's when Diana pops up. So I'm sure he's probably aware after being with her for you know, a handful of years that something's going on, but she's probably able to maintain it and kind of maneuver around it when she's, you know, I guess taking her medication and is, you know, spending time with her family. So I don't know if Rebecca cutting her off and just leaving her life, you know, made the episodes more frequent. I don't know. It's a lot. And I, it's crazy to think that we're 
talking so in depth about like depression and you know triggers and like what's going on because it's crazy that this monster is like tied to her depression yeah it's wild and it makes me want to go take my medication right now because what have i what am i manifesting (laughs) see that's what i'm saying see i yeah okay yeah i mean the movie it can be enjoyed for what it is but it definitely is it's a slippery slope to maneuver around yeah for sure I mean, I guess they pull it off. You know, I don't leave the movie feeling completely dissatisfied, but I definitely leave it feeling a little bit empty. And, you know, it's horror. If I'm going to leave a movie feeling empty, you know, in any genre, I mean, horror is probably the most welcome. Because if anything's going to make me want to, you know, make me feel like shit, I would rather be a horror movie because that's, those are the movies, that's, this is the genre that I feel like you can get the most out of. You can get the most emotional reaction out of a horror movie, uh, whether that's the highs and the lows, you know? Yeah. It it is a lot more enjoyable if you take it at face value and not try to like dig in and analyze as we are. Um, Yeah. Not us being like, ignorance is bliss, but delusional. But then we're like, (laughs) but, but that's like, the narrative that this movie gives me, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like I, in my head, as I'm like kind of going through it and discussing it, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like how it all like works. You know what I'm saying? And right. just the conversation revolves around Sophie and her mental health, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so because of all of this, Rebecca is distant, obviously. Like, she is not super comfortable with her boyfriend who is hot. He's a hottie hot. He is. Uh, he would hottie, have. Hot, hot. A whole dresser in my apartment. Oh, I would be pulling socks out of my pussy for this Adrian. man. He just looks like a good time. I'm like, you want a drawer? You're like, I'm boofing on I the am your drawer. <laughs> <laughs> like, baby, let's get to it. Although, I don't know, something about like the hair in this movie. I don't know who was like the hairstylist on set. Like, I'm, I'm about to like go to IMDb and look. I, well, I don't want to call them out. Never mind. But the hair is like wrong in this movie for me. Like, I feel like nobody's like surveying. Nothing looks great to me. Rebecca looks like her hair looks the best, but it's like it's basic and straight the entire time. So I don't know. Something about the hairstyling in this movie is just not it for me. So he's hot as fuck, but his hair sometimes looks weird to me. I don't know if I'm just like, maybe I was just really high, <laughs> but like everybody's hair looks like really, it feels like Mr. Potato Head. Like I can just pop their hair <laughs> on and off. Lego hair. The wigs are wigging. I feel like, um, what was I going to say? Oh, is it just me or does Becca look like Kristen Stewart? She looks like Kristen Stewart. She also looks like the actress who plays Nellie in The Haunting of Hill House, who is oh, also right. that one actress on You. I've never seen You, but she's the oh. one that comes in. Is she in Beck? As, yes. Beck, oh, no. Or is she, Joe's, is she the love? The other crazy person that's crazy on the other. Because I know Joe's crazy. And I know at some point, like, she comes in and also plays, like, a crazy person, right? Oh, I don't love. Know Okay, so yeah, so she looks like her too. Yes, am I crazy or does she look like her? Uh, she looks a, she looks like a baby between love and uh, Kristen Stewart. I'm looking at her on the screen right now, and I definitely am getting more Kristen Stewart now that I'm looking yeah, at her. Love has a big mouth, <laughs> which I would love to sit on, but <laughs> she does. Her in in Hill. Have you seen Hill House? Yes, girl. She's okay, the yeah. broken neck. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, but yeah, now that I'm looking at her, she definitely looks more Kristen Stewart-esque. And it's also probably her energy. She looks like a really tired Kristen Stewart with a wig on. Oh, 
go off. But yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> getting that energy. I'm getting the, you know, Twilight press tour. I don't want to be here by. At least she hasn't like shook her face. You know how Kristen Stewart does that whenever <laughs> she's all Edward and her's like, oh, her, <laughs> her face just trembles. And I'm like, stop moving your face. I love it. I love Kristen Stewart. Honestly, when you think about how the first, not just going into Twilight, but when you think about <laughs> Twilight being. It was legitimately an indie film and it just blew up. And like now they're in these major blockbuster movies with international fame. Like she did not sign up for this girl. (laughs) So when people are making fun of her constantly. Twilight started as a fucking fan fiction. Girl, it's just, it's crazy to think about it. Like really. So like when she's over here, like shaking her face or acting nervous (laughs) in public. I'm like, I get it, girl. Because if I was like, yeah, let me just be in this little ridiculous vampire movie where they shine in the daylight. And then the next thing you know, like, I'm a millionaire. But also everybody in the world is like, eyeballs on me. That's probably how Robert Pattinson felt. He was like, you know, I'll take this stupid role. And then it blows up. And he's like, now I'm stuck for eight more movies. All of them, girl. I know they really (laughs) went through it. So I'm happy that we are now many years past the, you know, the prime of Twilight phantom crazed nonsense what a time to be alive though you know honestly it was the time to be a teenager yeah the girls would never know what it felt like being a teenager back in those days the girls would never know how much the way i still want to go to forks (laughs) washington yeah Uh, i will spend adult money on that at some point it's going to happen it's definitely like a millennial gen z dream to be able to go to forks washington because Girl, it's just like you had to be there, kind of thing. You know, I'm gonna I know go a shake lot of, my face. <laughs> I know a lot of Gen Zers were like really, really young when Twilight was out, <laughs> so they probably had the idea of like the craziness of it, and now really enjoy it. But like being an active tween and teen during those times was crazy shit. Girl, people would get in genuine fights over like Team Beller or Team Edward or and Team. Um... So it's like I was Team Bella the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these two guys. Girl. It's crazy to see the older people like few like foaming at the mouth for these teenagers. I was like, you guys. Oh are yeah, crazed. it was a little awkward. Like team Jacob. And it's literally like but I, I say the same shit and I'm like the older generation now, you know? Yeah, I mean. Time uh you know uh, oh, but, but, but we were children when it happened, so me simping for for uh river the riverdale cast i mean they're all old <laughs> they're all hot you're right know. they're our age never mind anyway so the becca looks like Kristen stewart and that's how we went on off on that trail and that's why we have a two-star review <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah so anyways uh yeah so she's distant she lives in her own apartment uh she's really metal she likes avenge sevenfold smokes weed <laughs> Uh, really I cool, love how obviously. Avenged Sevenfold's like the biggest poster in her fucking apartment. <laughs> I'm like, wow, girl, same, same jeans. <laughs> but yeah, so she's like not having it, or she's very distant from everybody. But obviously, with Diana, you know, in the house, uh, Martin's really going through it now that his father's passed and been murdered by Diana. It's getting worse, and we first kind of get a glimpse of you know, the hold, I guess, that Diana hold has on Sophie. Sophie? Sophie. On Sophie, when, uh, you know, Martin's going into her room and she's talking to the closet, and he walks in, and then we get, like, this crazy rattling noise when he looks at the closet doorway, 
It's really creepy. It's very alarming. And because of this, he doesn't sleep. So he's falling asleep in class. He does it multiple times. So uh, CPS is informed and he is taken out of class and they can't get a hold of his mom. So the next person that they call is Becca as his sister. So she takes him home. And, and when she gets home, she sees that her mother's in, a, you know, of course, is what they all state is a manic state. She's not taking her medication. She's, uh, you know, she's looking, she's looking wild, you know. So Rebecca does not want to leave Martin here. She takes him back to her apartment at the, you know, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, oh, without her mother's public? consent, oh. without her mother's permission. So they go back anyways to the apartment. Becca's boyfriend is a little, I think he does kind of overstep his boundaries here a little bit. But again, I don't know the conversations that they've had over the last eight months. I don't know how comfortable they are. But to me, like, I don't know him like that. So for him to just be like, why are you taking your brother? You should, you know, call child protective services. That's what they should do. Are you, you even think that you're fit to raise him or something crazy like that? And she's just like very casual. And she's like, you need to leave. And in my mind, I was like, yes, girl, you tell him to leave. I don't know who he thinks he is. Just like, you don't know my family's business like that. Excuse you. Yeah. Like if we're not close enough for you to stay the night <laughs> after we fuck, um, you have no say in what I do with my personal time and what I do with my family. Yeah, and like you, oh, well, I guess he didn't see the mom. So I was like, as I was being like, you know, you saw the state that she was in and how that's not a safe environment for him to be in, you know, but he didn't see that. But like, because it's none of your business, my guy. At least if I don't choose to make it your business, it's not your business. Yeah. So, but he does yeah. end up like redeeming himself whenever he does see, go see the situation like firsthand. So I will give him that. Um, but yeah, in that moment, I was very upset on her behalf. Yeah, as a, I was, as was I. I was like, "Girl, not you thinking that you just have a say in all this." And I mean, like logistically and morally, I guess he's coming from the right place because he's doing, you know, things the legal way, and like trying to have her do it the way that she's supposed to be doing it. But like, still, like it's a no for me. Is this the Insidious House? They look so familiar. <laughs> Right? The entire time I was watching this movie, I was like, I've seen this house in a horror movie somewhere before. But they, they just did the they just did the pan of the outside and I'm like, I swear to fucking God I've seen this house before. <laughs> um but yeah, so she kicks him out and that night is when Diana comes back to haunt Rebecca because she does hear the name Diana a little bit earlier where Martin's explaining why he hasn't been sleeping and he says that the only person that Sophie has coming over after her husband's passing is Diana. And that kind of throws Becca for a loop because she hasn't really heard of Diana in many years and has to tell him, you know, Hey, Diana also scared me when I was a kid. She's not real. Um, you know, you just gotta ignore that shit pretty much. But that first night that she has Martin in her apartment, Diana decides to make an appearance. And I think uh, a really, really well orchestrated kind of scare because outside of her bedroom window, she has like a flashing neon tattoo sign that goes off out on the street. So we're able to see it flash on and off. And we see Diana kneeling in her doorway or yeah, in her doorway, like carving at the ground. And mm -hmm. this seems really creepy. I don't know why Rebecca gets off the bed to get a closer view of this clearly demonic person yeah I, the way i would never mm -mm. we're not getting on the same level also it's the house from ouija <gasps> the original the first ouija movie mm -hmm. 
Oh, okay. I have seen that movie and it is not good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awful. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Okay, so I knew I had seen this movie or this house somewhere before. Diana in a red light background is fucking terrifying. So scary. And the way that she's crouched, she's crouched like a fucking, like a gargoyle. Like who, do people actually sit like that? I mean, I, I I would assume no. I mean, I, I know can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can only wish to be able to bend my body like that. My balance. She could never. She could never. Uh, but yeah. So obviously, again, she gets a closer look. Uh, Diana jump scares her and she's like, oh, shit. You know, we got Diana to deal with again. So now at this point, she realizes that Martin is telling the truth that Diana has made an appearance once again in their lives. And now she's kind of on a mission to figure out what to do. Obviously, the CPS lady does come to her apartment and says, you know, hey, you can't just take <laughs> you just can't take your brother from your mom like that because she seems lucid and sane. I went and saw her. You can't be doing that, uh, which makes sense, I guess. You know, again, legally speaking, you can't just take a kid from their guardian. So, well, and she's like, you either have to like buck up and like be ready to take your mom to court and her her for a very long time, and also become a responsible adult. And she like wrinkles her nose and looks around, and she looks at her heavy metal. <laughs> fucking posters and then they pan to the left and there's just a bong sitting on the <laughs> sitting on the table and then the next shot we get is the cps lady taking um martin away and i'm just like okay come on now um but i do i do feel so bad when, when martin is leaving with the cps worker and he's reassuring his older sister he's like it's okay i got some sleep i'll do better tonight and i'm like you Poor baby angel. I'm pretty indifferent to kids when they're in horror. Like, you know, sometimes they're like, they're just kind of. No, I mean, (laughs) I could say yes. And that answer could, you know, hold a lot of truth to it. But also more times often than not, they're just like plot devices to me. You know, kids, unless they're serving, unless they're giving. Oh, you haven't seen Stranger Things. Uh, unless they're giving like Will Byers in season two of Stranger Things, though, or like some, you know, Millie Bobby Brown shit. Like if the kids aren't like bringing the acting, then to me, they're just plot devices and they're just there to move the story forward because they are able to see spooky, scary things. But Martin is actually really endearing. Like, I don't know. There's something about him. I think he's so sweet and he's so adorable. Maybe it's because he's literally living through familial trauma and he we even at one for point, it. Yeah. And like, I'm like, Oh fuck. I know exactly how you feel. There's that one point too, where he asks Rebecca, he goes, Rebecca, because mom, what does he say? Like, because mom can see monsters or mom's crazy. Does that make us crazy or something? And I'm just like, damn the generational trauma that this kid is going through is like next right. level he will never know what normal is girl i know poor baby what and is he does, normal normal doesn't exist it doesn't also he does look like every little boy in every horror movie like i can never tell the difference between any of them oh yeah very haunted house in connecticut Girl, very haunted house in Connecticut. Very insidious. Very The Conjuring Three. Very, I mean, like just like every horror movie that has a kid in it. Very the Amityville horror. Like, yeah, he's, he's just, just a little white boy. He's very sweet, very cute looking, very basic. I'm sure he'll grow up and be great. 
and he's cute and like the way he maneuvers through the situation again is just like better than i navigated my familial trauma so the way i'm still navigating through it so he is super cool um but he's ahead of the times (laughs) he really is he's gen z um but so after this, again, the movie is only an hour and 20 minutes. So don't forget that because we are now immediately going to just be given everything we need to know about Diana. So after the CPS worker takes uh, Martin, Rebecca calls her boyfriend over again. And he's like, I was right. See, and I, I, they have an interaction. I don't care about it at all. And then we move on and Rebecca goes to her mother's house and breaks in pretty much. Uh, and she then starts going through paperwork and she ends up finally uh, finding her father-in-law's box of research on Diana. And he literally has all the information. He has tapes and records and pictures of Diana uh, when she was younger. She was like in a hospital alongside Sophie. She, we come to learn that she was born with like a really, really rare skin disease or skin disorder where she's not able to be in bright light because it damages her skin. But she also has the ability to get inside people's heads and make them crazy i guess make them believe what she wants them to believe and see the things that she wants them to see i uh, again she's on some x-men shit i don't know what in the charles xavier she has going on but she's like some type of mutant apparently she's magneto um yeah that's just wild apparently trigger warning again she does cause her father to kill himself yeah so we do learn that she caused rebecca's dad to kill himself so she also killed him to probably again send sophie into a depressive spiral so she can continuously become you know a figure that can walk around the world i don't i I don't know how it works but we do learn that she was an actual real person though and she actually was able to poison the mind of sophie when she was a child and make her believe that they were best friends and in doing these experiments on her they shined a really bright light on her and burned her to a crisp and she disappeared and is thought to have been dead but she was able to sneak off into i don't know sneak off into the astral plane and now she's terrorizing people on that plane of existence yeah it's crazed like that is the craziest explanation you could probably ever come up with like what what and like and we don't get anything beyond that like they don't explain anything else to us after that they're like good enough and <laughs> wipe their hands clean of it and they're like that's it that's that's the explanation yeah, it's wild and then diana's obviously in the house because the house although it's daylight out is pitch black and so she ends up snatching up rebecca by her hair and <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, girl. just dangling her above the ground before her boyfriend's <laughs> able to come and get her out of the room obviously and again he just instantly it's the same like happy death day boyfriend thing where like they just instantly believe them and there's no skepticism <laughs> see this is the thing with the boyfriend for me and this is what i told stormy after we finished watching it too i was like he like when we first meet him He's pussy whipped, girl. Yes, girl. Because at first, I'm like, I respect where he's coming from. He's like, we've been together exclusively for eight months. And, you know, I would love to be able to at least have a drawer here. I really like you. Like, I'm really into you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he has balls. And he can, like, step up and admit his feelings and talk through his emotions. But also not, like, seeming like he's trying to force her into anything she's uncomfortable with. Uh, At least, you know, not, like, in an aggressive way. Like, leaving a sock behind in a joking manner isn't, like, 
crazy or anything. So he seemed like really cool. And then he did kind of step out of line a little bit. But then you can also be like, well, I guess I see where he's coming from. And when she calls him back and he's like, they kiss and they make up. After that, he just doesn't, he does not matter. He has like no dialogue. He barely has a word to say. He is just with her the rest of the movie. He is just like no longer a character. He has his little moment at the end, obviously when he's getting chased by Diana and <laughs> he shows up as a plot point when it's convenient. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, at this point he's like nothing. So like Stormy said, he just goes along for the ride and it's not as like endearing or as interesting as like Carter was in happy death day pussy whipped, but not as interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> still very hot. Still like, <sighs> This month, this birthday month, you're just serving me the horny. You're just making me horny every week. What I do, girl, <laughs> that's me. Um, okay, so anyway, so CPS has taken Martin back, obviously. So even if she's doing all this research, uh, Rebecca still has no way of obviously having Martin in her possession. So we see that Sophie is trying to make things work with Martin. And as she's bringing him home one day, she's like, you know, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, sticking through all of this with me. And she's like, and I think it's really great. We're going to have a movie tonight. I think that's really what all three of us deserve. And Martin is already... He stops in his tracks, girl. He said, three? Girl, he was so scared. And honestly, when she said that, too, I was also, like, scared. I was like, no, girl. I don't want Diana's bitch ass anywhere near me. And so he was like, he said, Mom, let's just have let's just have it be us tonight. And she's like, but the we'll two see. of us. And she walks away. And at that moment, I would have fucking taken the groceries I had and started throwing them at her head. <laughs> Take the groceries and leave and because leave. your sister doesn't have any food, but you can take these groceries <laughs> and you can go to your sister's house. So crazy, girl. And so that night they're watching a movie and they're having a discussion about like facing your fears and whatnot. And so Sophie decides to get up and just turn off all the lights. She said, say less. <laughs> all the lights. And she's and of course, Martin's like freaking out. And she's like, oh, no, it's OK. And so she starts like calling for Diana to come. And so she gets closer and she gets closer and she gets closer. And then she's right there. It's a jump scare moment. Martin freaks out and like runs away to go turn on the light, which angers Diana. And Sophie's like, oh, you know, he doesn't know any better. So she fucking bitch slaps Sophie and <laughs> then starts to kind of go after Martin. But he's able to turn the light off in time or turn the light on in time. And then he just escapes. He runs from the house and he goes to Becca's house and Sophie's left crying on the floor. Right. Crazy shit. It really is. And honestly, it makes me feel bad for for Sophie. Like, I really do feel bad because, like, in my head... She gets bitch slapped so many times during this movie, girl. Yes, girl. And I feel bad for her because, like, I want to look at it as face value and be like, she's just acting like this because she is possessed or she is, like, being haunted by Diana and her spirit. But at the same time, in my head, I'm like, we're also being told that she's depressed. And so if she's just going, if she does have like depression, then I'm just, I feel bad seeing her go through all this and having, you know, being slapped around and being like in a toxic relationship with a demon. I'm just like, I feel so bad for her. <laughs> yeah. It's a really awful. The plot is awful whenever you dig into it. Yeah. It's really rough. And they don't try to like, they don't she constantly pleads with Diana, like, I told you not to hurt my children. Like, you don't exist without me. Like, I'm trying to do my best. And here you are just bitch slapping me and trying to hurt my kids. And it sucks because, like, they don't give her character, like, much. You know, like, if this monster is here and if this story is being driven because 
I am able to manifest her at my lowest points. Like, I feel like they don't give her character near enough depth or expansion to, like, make any of it feel, like, worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm sitting here seeing her fight off trauma and depression and also the demon known as Diana because of all of it. Like I would want to be able to have more time with her and get to know her a little bit more and have more of a care for her. So when she shoots herself in the head at the end, it just doesn't feel like an empty way of ending the movie, you know? Right. So I don't know. So in that moment I felt really bad for her and like, we just don't care because we move on. We focus on Becca and Marin, obviously Um, they have this crazy moment where there's a knock at the apartment after Martin shows up, there's a knock at the apartment door. And so Becca opens it and nobody's there. So I guess Diana can travel from dark space to dark space, even though the halls are completely lit, she's able to just walk into the apartment because the door was opened and get into the, the closet, make some noise, and then ends up under the bed. I don't understand how her like dark travel works. Um, yeah. But she's able to get under the bed and yanks Martin underneath. Uh, and that scared the shit out of me. This is, again, why I check the bed every night. Girl. You know what's really scaring me is my own fucking shadow. <laughs> oh, I keep seeing it, and I keep thinking, like, oh, there's Diana. Um, so after Martin's yanked underneath the bed and they're able to stop him, Uh, Rebecca at this point decides to confront her mother about like everything that's happening. And so she takes all the paperwork and all the information that they have on Diana to her mom. And her mom, of course, denies the existence of Diana. And I don't know, like the conversation just doesn't feel like it's helping anybody. I understand that there's tension and drama uh, between the two, between the mother and the daughter. But Becca doesn't seem like she's even coming from a place of like wanting to help her mom. And more just wanting to help herself, which is fine in this type of situation. It's like life or death. And again, there's trauma surrounding her mom. And I don't know the relationship. Maybe she really does hate her mom for other reasons that we don't know. But again, it seems like she's in this position of wanting to help herself and not help her mom, which for me just kind of, again, it feels like you're not really actively trying to resolve anything if you don't want to help your mother resolve whatever it is that she's going through and it sucks and again i I mean the movie can definitely have more just deeper meanings than we get with it because that could easily be something that could be explored even more you know deeply like she doesn't you know why should she have to be the one to break the generational trauma if it's being brought upon her because of her mother like again there's so many different conversations to be had here I feel like they just kind of gloss over it and are just like, oh, the mom's crazy. And let's just hope Becca can fight out this monster. She's super depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Because that whole scene that where they have in the kitchen where they're like arguing about it. And it just is like crazy to me. Like, I just I wish it could have gone. Well, And Becca's approach is not the greatest. She dumps a whole box and she's like, who is this? Look at this picture. And then she's like, that's Diana. And she's like, she's dead, mother. And I'm like, girl. We're going to have to work on your pitch. Yeah, it's not it's not the best approach to the situation. And again, like and I think she also knows, too, at this point, pretty much like that the connection that Diana has to the real world is through her mother. And she's like, her, she needs to be strong. I'm like, but you're also just consistently attacking her for not being strong. So I'm like, it's just it yeah. feels like it's like counterproductive to what we need to have or what we need to like actually yeah. be doing. Mm hmm. I don't know, girl. But so this pretty much leads us into the final act. Um, so since she's denying Diana's existence, pretty much, Rebecca decides to stay at the house and watch after Martin. They booby trap it as 
or it's not even a booby trap, but they just put it all the, they turn all the lights on. They put duct tape over the lights so she can't switch them on and off. But this bitch is flickering lights the entire movie anyway. So I'm, she shuts off an entire power grid, I, which to me just seems so unfair. And like we see this throughout the movie too, where like anytime she's near, like lights start to flicker and they could potentially just turn off. So I'm like, what's the point? Is she just like OP as fuck? It's just how strong her energy is, is what I feel like. The way I would just, I just want to fucking punch the shit and I just want to fight Diana. She really is on some X game, X game Girl, shit. Like she is really, she said, I got all the cheat codes and I'm going to do whatever I can to win. <laughs> up, down, up, down, left, right. And the whole fucking system, the whole power grid shuts off. It's just a mess, girl. Exactly. And the boyfriend does stay with him, too, which, again, I will give him credit Our all day. Link, honey. I was about to say the same thing. I was like, the boyfriend stays, which is nice. I think this is the first time he talks since. And he stays downstairs <laughs> by himself. Not what me. Crazy be like, y'all better make room in that twin size bed because I'm sleeping with y'all. I would just sleep on the floor. Mm-mm. And I meant like in the bedroom. Next to the. No, next to the underside of the bed where it's dark. Fuck no. I guess you're right. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you just open one eye and Diana's just staring right back at you. No, thank you. What were you gonna ask? Oh uh, no, nothing. I did. Uh, so I mean, as they're like winding down for bed, Rebecca has a moment with her mom, where her mom is like, "Hey, I like pretty much being like, I missed you. Thank you so much for being here with me through this because this is tough." And like you see, like her mom actually kind of started to have some type of fight here with Rebecca around. So I'm just like, I don't know. It just, I just wish we could have had more like development between them two. Cause I mean, the, the relationship is rocky and I just need to know what's going on. Cause when her mom gives her a hug here, she slips a note to Rebecca and it says, I need help. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, the way I would just grab my mom and keep her with me the entire night. Obviously, Diana is connected to her and her only. Obviously, she could, I mean, if in, at any point, if it's dark, hurt all of us anyway. So keeping the mom around probably isn't the safest bet. But like also, like, I don't know, girl. Like, I would still keep her around. I would keep my mom in the light. And like, I don't know. I would work with my mom to fight Diana. But the mom just sits in the room the entire time and just like, lets them run around and do things and i'm just like i'm confused she gets knocked out at one point when she starts to get frustrated with diana for attacking everybody so then she's out cold for a little bit but like there's just like no urgency between everybody here like i'm like why are we not working together as a team the way i would take my mom to walmart that is the brightest place i've ever fucking been <laughs> i've never seen a dark corner of walmart so yeah i would find a 24-hour walmart and just sit yeah we're sitting in the middle of the rotisserie area <laughs> we're going aisle to aisle every hour we're going to switch aisles. yeah we'll switch sections this is our uh sports section hour like i'm never leaving like at all right we're just gonna live in walmart <laughs> but yeah as they all lay to bed with the lights fully on the lights do turn off diana's able to turn all the lights off some crazy way <laughs> takes out an entire power grid uh, yeah, girl. And Rebecca has this crazy light that's like a wind-up light, which I would be consistently cranking and never right. stopping. Um, and Martin's like, yeah, that one doesn't last very long. And I'm like, <laughs> why? A mess, girl. But so during this, then, so Rebecca gets up. She goes downstairs to the breaker to try to get all the lights turned back on. Um, her boyfriend, I think, gets up and goes outside and is looking around. So he's not in the house 
uh, when Martin wakes up. And so he's freaking out because he's all by himself because Rebecca left him to go downstairs and he's left alone with a candle. Um, we get probably the most like the most impossible thing like ever when he's getting drugged and tripped around with his candle and the light. <laughs> yeah, the candle's still lit. He's literally getting dragged by his feet and the candles, this little light of mine, <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> fucking stays lit it It flickers a little bit but it stays lit i'm like i need this woodwick fucking cancel cancel candle in my life because (laughs) i don't know it's crazy but he's able to fight off diana as best as he can and runs back downstairs to the breaker he is so funny to me again this kid is so funny he is getting whipped around by this fucking monster and then he just walks casually downstairs and tells rebecca don't ever leave me again (laughs) like in the most casual fucking way (laughs) like i just got my ass handed to me by an actual ghost but the problem (laughs) that we're having right now is you fucking left me upstairs (laughs) Uh, but it's very funny so while they're down there in the breaker room she's like oh shit this is a trap and then Nan is at the top of the stairs she locks him in and this is when she then tries to take out Rebecca's boyfriend so he comes back into the house from outside they're screaming for him he goes to the door Diana is here hiding in the shadows she ends up grabbing him throwing him around he's able to stop her with his cell phone light He's able to run outside and then she picks him up in like this weird like archway that's pitch black. He flashes on the car lights so they illuminate the area he's at. And so she disappears and he drives away. We think that he's just leaving the scene and that he's going to be peace. <laughs> he came shit. to his senses and was like, peace out, bitch, because. Yeah. And I mean, you don't see people do that in horror often. So I like the first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh, OK, like I would probably also just drive away. Like, I don't know what else I would do. But he does come back with cops a little bit later, so that's cool. He does. He went to get the Calvary. He did. But while he's gone, we get like some more story development because the two kids are in the basement and they're, you know, they have a fire going. Rebecca looks around, she's able to find the black light. And so while she's down in the basement with this black light, she finds this room that's pretty much Diana's like hangout spot she has all kinds of crazy shit all over the walls talking about how she's alone in the dark and they're trying to take sophie from her and uh, and this is where she finds out that she killed her dad right um i don't remember that part happens at some point i mean she sees the pictures whenever they go through the box yeah, she figures it out at some point. I don't know. But while she's down here, Dan is also down here. And we get to see Dan's full corpse body for the first time. Because in the black light, it doesn't hurt her. But she's able to be seen. So she attacks Rebecca. Martin's able to save her. They're able to get out of the uh, basement. Because, of course, the boyfriend comes back with the cops, finally. The cops come into the house. And... They start looking around. They're not listening to Rebecca, who's trying to give him the black light, and they both get offed by Diana. Um, it's pretty funny. Uh, nothing too gory or anything, but these two cops do die very quickly, just to give us, you know, some type of body count. And they here. come back with the uh, the whole like eyes ripped out, corpse torn out visual again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then they die. Uh, Rebecca sends Martin outside with uh, her boyfriend and she goes to try to help her mother. They have like, this whole battle with the black light. Dan is throwing her over the fucking... Uh, she throws Rebecca like over the ledge and I don't know how she lands on the ground and is like not dead. Um, but they're having this whole crazy brawl. She's literally fighting her. Like fist fighting Diana. And then 
the mom pops up finally after being knocked out for so long and is like, hey, Diana, you can't be here without me. And she gives a smirk and shoots herself in the head. And, you know, Rebecca screams because she just saw her mom shoot herself. And that's pretty much how the movie wraps. I mean, they're all together in the ambulance right after that, you know, celebrating that they lived. Uh, the light in the ambulance flickers a little bit and they're like, ooh, spooky. But the boyfriend's like, it's okay. And the movie ends just like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, she's fast. <laughs> I can see why I was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I can see why I was a little disappointed with the ending here because it just, it ends. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, it's it giving was, the whole narrative, like, you cannot escape depression unless you do the bad thing. And that's just not true. There it is. That's really the biggest issue I have with the movie, um, which is unfortunate because I think the aspect of a monster who hides in the dark is awesome. Like, I would love a sequel that focuses on anything but depression being the catalyst of the monster. Right. And the only way being able to take it out is by, you know, offing yourself. I don't like that narrative. I don't care for it, especially when it's done in an hour and 20 minutes hastily surrounding you know, the family acting like it's awful that she has depression and, you know, she's ruining their lives because she's not getting her shit together to stop this monster. It just, I don't like it. Like, I feel like we could spin the same narrative in a longer amount of time, but give more backstory and more like caveat to the idea, like to out the outside people that aren't involved. Like, yeah, maybe it looks like, that like this is because of depression but like in reality it's because of this and like if you if we delve into the issue a little bit more and like not just write it off as fast as we do I feel like it could be a very good movie um or you could take the opposite side and you can not look into it at all and be very shallow with it and just see it as a horror movie and that's also really enjoyable. But if you delve into it a little bit, it is disappointing in some ways for, for sure. Yeah. And see, and I think for me, it probably is disappointing because I do obviously struggle with depression. So for me, oh, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, it's not an enjoyable sit through for me. Um, and I can I, I now understand why I haven't come back to it. But in watching it this time around, like, I think I've grown to the point now, you know, because back when this movie first came out, like the depression that I was experiencing then was very fresh, very new. Um, like I had my first major depressive spell. I'm pretty sure it was my first year of college, which was around this the time that this movie came out. Mm -hmm. So like to me, like depression was very new. It was very fresh at that time. So watching this movie at that time, I can see why I was kind of like, off. alarmed yeah. by it. And yeah, and like never came back to it. Now I'm almost 30 in a couple of years and, you know, depression, she's here and I am living with her day to day now. So I can watch this movie and kind of see the horror aspects of it and enjoy it. And I can honestly see myself watching this again. And honestly, for me at this point, not being triggered mm -hmm. by it, but I could easily see how it could be triggering for people. And I can also, you know, confidently say that I think it's lazily done. And I oh, think, yeah. like you said, even if they just completely just ax the part of it being linked to her depressive episodes and when she's at quote unquote at her worst, that's all they had to do. They could easily have been like this one, this Diana 
she was real. She died. She became this creepy monster, and she's now attached or possessing or haunting her. Like, if they would have just focused on her, like, uh, Diana is the the bad guy here, which, I mean, she is anyways, but, like, she's just haunting the mom, or she's, like, she's attached to her, and, you know, and, like, like she's doing this stuff actively, and it's not because the mom's at her worst, and that Diana's not around when her mom... If we just take out that uh, scapegoat. Yeah, if we just take that out and just focus on it being, you know, a, a haunting possession kind of thing, like, I think it would have worked better for them in the end and probably would have gotten them a sequel <laughs> or something else, you know? For sure. Um, but it's still really fun. Again, like, you can't go wrong with the scares in this movie at all. The scary sequences are really scary and they're really fun. And, I mean, if you've seen the short horror film on YouTube surrounding or, you know, that this movie is based on, then you get the vibe and you get those scares throughout this movie. And, you know, outside of that, the plot that ties all those scares together isn't my favorite, but I still really had a good time watching this movie. Me too. I'm glad we revisited it and I'm glad that we... Both got to talk about it in depth as adults. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many light bulbs? How many? How many? How many, uh, how many crank flashlights? Oh, you. Okay, yeah, let's do crank flashlights, <laughs> right? That sounds fun. Sure. There's nothing else really in this movie that was interesting. Not really. Object-wise. No. Um, yeah, what do crank flashlights? I'd say she's a two. Interesting. See, I'm leaning between two and a half and three. I'd say she's easily a two and two and a half, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'll do two and a half because I really jumped every time that right. something scary happened. And I like every single scary scene. Easily some of my favorite scares in a horror movie. The first, uh, like, 10 minutes are iconic, so... Oh, yeah, so good. Like, I could watch the first 10 minutes of this movie and just turn it off and not be happy. Oh, yeah, just, like, have that as a horror short. I mean, it pretty, it already is, but... <laughs> but I feel like during this time in horror, we were really cranking them out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Girl, you're not wrong. So... Saw was still Saw and Paranormal Activity both were still knocking it out every year at Halloween around this time. Yeah, so, so like we have yeah, to hurry if we are gonna be in the box office. <laughs> they said if we want to make some money, you better get that little YouTube person who made this movie a call <laughs> or who yeah, because we need to get that shit up and running. Right, we need to steal their idea. <laughs> uh, but I had a good time with this one, Stormy. It was fun watching it again, and honestly. Now that I've watched it and I'm now able to be aware of your own triggers. <laughs> yes. And also warn everybody else about it. I'm down to like show people this movie because honestly, again, she's fun. Like, I think it's worth a watch if you're able to get past the, the silly plot. Just don't look too deep into it. <laughs> yeah. Don't do what we did. I mean, uh, that was our job today. You know what I'm saying? We did it for you. But... You take it at face value, baby. <laughs> yeah take it at face value while you're watching it go into it with the mindset that dan is just haunting this woman and that's it and don't listen to what the plot's trying to tell you right and just enjoy that for what it is just zone out whenever they talk about her in the hospital they'll bury it just zone out when rebecca whips out a box and says who 
is this mom? And points at yeah. her on the fucking picture. And she's like, I don't know who that is. Is it Diana, mom? And who is she? She's dead, isn't she? Yeah. When all that starts happening, just be like, go grab a snack or something. That's, that's your cue for your bathroom break. That's the intermission period of the film. Imagine taking a shit and that's all you hear in the background. Who is this mother? She's dead. You're like, what? She's dead, you psycho bitch. <laughs> At any moment, I was waiting for her to call her mom like a psycho bitch or something. Oh so I'm happy God. that didn't happen, I guess. That's a mood. I, that's me having a conversation with my family. So, Oh, girl. And I mean, <laughs> never mind. I'm just going to start getting into it and how I could how we could easily also view maybe the mother as maybe she could do more to help her children. Like, again, there's it's a deep conversation that they weren't willing to have. I mean, she gave the ultimate fucking sacrifice by herself. But uh, I mean, come on. But now. there was, though, but I mean, there's steps that ah, could have been taken ahead of time for sure. They just didn't do a good job of building any of it up because any interaction that she has with her children is just like she's putting the blame on them. Right. And I'm just like. But everybody has viewed her as this anomaly since she was a child because she ended up in the fucking psych hospital for some reason. You know what I mean? So. Listen, if you're trying to do a story about depression and mental illness and the impacts that it has on you and those around you, and if you're going to try to tie in a supernatural element and make it a horrific movie, Please make it a little bit longer than an hour and 20 minutes. I know we're advocating for shorter movies and, you know, let's make this fast because I don't have an attention span. But if you have a lot to say, take the time to say it. Yeah, especially when it's a topic that really honestly many people face on a day-to-day basis. Many people live with depression and mental illness and it doesn't make them any less of a human being in any way. So if you're going to tackle a story that is heavy like this movie tries to do, Please give it the time and the attention it deserves because this was a mess. A fun one, but a mess. Also, uh, if you're struggling with depression, me too. You're not alone. We love you so much. Um, There's only so much that we can do personally, but we're always sending love and positive vibes. And there's plenty of resources to reach out. Like, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it feels like a bad thing, but you're not any worse because of it. Yeah. Star me and honestly although the movie is messy i'm super happy that we got to discuss it and kind of you know call attention as always uh whenever we can to mental illness and like you said like hey we're here for you guys and yeah it's it's still nice to be able to discuss heavier topics from time to time as well for sure we do have a little bit of emotional intelligence sometimes we're not always talking and thinking about gobbling dicks we're not always thirsting I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> Matt Thurston. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> the, way, the way we came for his neck episode. I'm scared now. Um, um, you need to do our lovely Patreon shout out. I do. So, of course, at the end of every episode, we are shouting out our Patreon subscribers who are members of our final girl tier, which at this time is all we have. So thank you guys so much. Like, you guys really so came fun. to show out. Okay. Yeah. With the support. So <laughs> let's go ahead and give a shout out to our Patreons and our final girls. So thank you so much to Alma R, Yvette R, Michael D, Patience C, and Annie C. And thank you guys so much for just your continued support. And if you guys would like to join the Patreon and be part of the family, go ahead and do it. You can be, you know, one of the opening kills. You can be a butchered bestie. You can be a final girl. So whatever you want to do. Pick your life path and come hang out with us on Patreon. Because honestly, it's a blast. And we appreciate your support no matter what. 
Exactly. And Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash herpod at gmail.com. Again, we're on Patreon at slash herpod. And thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for more. Uh, Stay spooky, guys. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.